into the soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 164. As always, a reminder, I know you hear it every time, but take it to heart this time. Rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend about our lovely little podcast heard in over 120 countries and growing. Thank you for all the wonderful support. Thanks for all that have been from the beginning and all the new listeners. We hope we provide you an excellent service, something that's a little bit different, something that we hope will get you uh, more up to speed with this beautiful game because there is so much to absorb and we try and cover as much as possible. This week in the business end, my good friend, a guy who will give you a take from the hip without too much of that sugary junk on the side, Vince LaRosa. Joining me in the business end, we will talk about the mania that is messy, mania, messy, that is uh, continued after an incredible result in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup. What it means for that club, what it means for Major League Soccer, what it means for the pecking order in that league, and what it means for soccer in this country. We'll also get into a city uh, conversation. Vince LaRosa, that is his forte. We'll talk about that league and the uh, growing American community that is in it. We'll talk a little U.S. men's national team with some friendlies coming up here in early September. In stoppage time, we will talk the Spanish women. They are the champions of the world. I don't know how they did it. We will tell you all of the smoke that is around that federation. And yet these women put it behind them and were able to lift the trophy. That is coming up on Stoppage Time. It really is remarkable. One of the the better soccer stories that you will see anytime recent because it shouldn't have happened. And it did. Soccer OG starts right now. segment where I usually talk about all the loose ends that are out there and a man there are plenty of them plenty of them in uh, a week where so much was going on I uh, in addition to all the leagues starting this weekend we had you know the big four all going on then you had the the smaller leagues in, in the Netherlands and in France I don't want to call that a smaller league but we obviously look at the Premier League Serie A Bundesliga and La Liga and they're all kind of competing for some space, and we can't watch it all, can we? We follow the American players, and we'll talk a little bit about that with Vince LaRosa in the uh, business end that is coming up. I did want to mention the Copa Libertadores are down to the quarterfinals, and there are some really compelling games. The quarters were really... I don't want to spend too much time because we want to dedicate it to Vince and stoppage time where we're going to talk about the Spanish women and their incredible achievement winning the Women's World Cup. But... We, we, look, we look at the Brazilian teams. The Brazilian teams are doing very well. Palmeiras beat the surprising Colombians Deportivo Pereira in the first leg, four settles. So they're going to go through to the semis. Internacional went at altitude and beat Bolivar. We have a Bolivian team in the quarterfinals. I don't think they're going to be around too much longer, but what an achievement for them in what's been a, a peculiar Copa Libertadores in a good way. Because sometimes we have like five Brazilian teams and... We had this unexpected Colombian team and Bolivar, which I, I look at their roster. It's it's not a bunch of players that uh, are going to scare uh, opposition, but they've been able to navigate through this tournament. So uh, it looks like it's going to end. Internacional has Johnny Cardoso, who, who, by the way, in that first leg against Bolivar, had a 93 percentile passing clip, which is incredible. 
for a, a, any position, let alone a midfielder. 93% possession as uh, Internacional of Porto Alegre. Look like they'll make the semifinals. Palmeiras, it's going to probably be another Brazilian winner. Fluminense will take on Olympia. Olympia knocked out Flamengo. Olympia Paraguay. So don't underestimate the Paraguayan teams. Uh, and then Boca Juniors Racing, first leg at La Bombonera, scoreless. Racing is kind of my club in Argentina. I try not to pick too many teams, but when I covered Argentina back in the day, I loved La Cade. For all the great images you'd see at Boca or River or Independiente, Racing's the one that really captured my heart. So I hope they can finish the job and hold the flag for Argentina because uh, their league, it's, it's been tough, man. You know, River Plate got knocked out by Internacional in penalties. So uh, Boca Juniors and Racing, can one of them win it? I don't think so. I don't. I'd say Palmeiras and Internacional would be the top two for me. But that's going on. So, I mean, I, I can't, I, I didn't really watch much of the games. I saw the highlights because I just, you know, don't have time, man. This is a tough sport to cover, man. I see these people I, when I worked at ESPN and they can cover NFL and MLB. But covering soccer collectively is more difficult. It's just more of a volume of sports. So uh, it's been very, uh, there's been, you've got to pick your, your stories to cover. I want to mention this and I, I talked about it with Vince. Brighton and Hove Albion, who sold Moises Caicedo for $150 million. And he is now a Chelsea player. Brighton's in first place. I know it's two rounds in the Premier League. They're in first place. And they're scoring goals. Um, Solly March. Uh, this is a, a, a... You know, I used to make fun of because he has a funny name. Solly March. You know, what guy, that, you, who is this guy? The guy is really good. He has three goals this season. And they have... Kaoru Matoma, the Japanese playmaker, who's not going to be... He's going to be the next big signing because he's been just excellent. They're going to... They have all this money because Brighton sold Caicedo. They sold uh, Trossard to Arsenal. They sold... I'm forgetting the Tottenham Hotspur midfield. Oh, Alexis McAllister went to Liverpool. And, you know, they... They've, they, they have made so much money on sales. I mean, obviously, you don't want to sell all these players, but eventually you won't have a say in the matter because uh, they're going to want to go, and the price is going to be too high to turn down. And uh, Basuma is the one who went to Spurs, and he starts for Spurs, and Spurs have been great. I, Ange Postacoglu, the Australian coach, um, is getting the effect that we hope Jesse Marsh would have. Uh, as a foreigner from outside of the coaching epicenter, which means not Europe, as an Australian. Uh, it, it, this is a story that I'm really compelled, uh, is very compelling, and I want to see more of it. But they're off to a great start. And then Brighton, are it's two games. They smashed Wolves 4-1, and they beat Luton Town 4-1. So those aren't the heavy hitters of the Premier League, I understand. But a very interesting story, even without all those players. They have a plus six goal differential, which is better than Man City and better than Arsenal. And those are the three teams that have started two wins out of two. So it's no accident. Can Brighton stay up there? I'm curious. I'm curious what they do with their players because they're going to need a little help. But they are not, they're going to be in the 7-8 range at worst, I think. So a lot to cover. The Soccer OG is here to help you to, to filter through everything so you can stick to the important stuff. Obviously, we're going to talk a lot of Lionel Messi. It is, it's breathtaking what he is able to do to this league. 
and we can have the debate go yeah he's too good for MLS and MLS defenders aren't up to snuff and we can also say Messi's done this in every other league but the exposure that he's giving Major League Soccer for someone who works in it is tremendous I would like to see when I go on Apple and all that just a little more love for some of these clubs but I get it you got to strike while the iron's hot and I am confident that the Messi effect will filter not just in Inter-Miami, but the league. I've seen it on social media. I think I said that last week, where the, the, the traffic for games that don't feature Inter-Miami are getting a little more attention. You can see it's maybe improved by 25 to 50%, the YouTube videos, the, the Twitter posts. So we got there's got to be a nice connection there but you know by osmosis Lionel Messi is helping the league there i know i've spoken to a lot of the players and i won't mention them but they're probably they're getting a little you know they're getting fed up because they feel he's getting in a, a competitive advantage because of the media which we we adore him. i i do it i'm trying to pull back on it just because everyone else is going overboard on messi so the la- i I'll help LAFC. I'll help other clubs because Messi has all the help he can get. But we'll help him here because we're going to talk about him uh, a lot in the business end with Vince LaRosa coming here on the Soccer OG right now. Rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. Time now for the business end. And uh, a guy that you've probably heard me do podcasting a fair bit doing it here on a different one on the OG. Vince LaRosa joining me here. I, I could not be happier. It's great to see you, Vince. I mean, not everyone can see you. I can see you, but it's also great to chat with you. And everyone will get to hear your dulcet tones, which will give them comfort on their drive or as they're sitting on their patio, wherever they might be. I'm so happy to be here because we're going to talk some LAFC, which you and I have done well over 100 episodes of. <laughs> so if, if you're like, oh, I would like to hear more about LAFC from Max and Vince, there's a lot. So go back. I mean, some of them are pretty good in, in Evergreen, but we're going to yeah. talk a, a lot of football. So that I'm I'm really excited because, you know, I, I love MLS. Uh, it's our it's our home league, but I, I, I like I like the world football. I like to flex my muscle a little bit there. Well, listen, I, I, I defer to Vince a lot. I, I text him a lot. I'll voicemail him or whatever it's called, or, or we'll pick up the phone and chat. And I've, over the years, grown to respect and admire his takes because in this world where people, especially on, on Twitter, and look, we, wanna, uh, we want everyone to get smarter at, at covering this sport or enjoying this sport. And I think a lot of times we'll, we'll go on the quick fix of social media and sometimes we won't we won't get all the information we need and uh sometimes we get too critical on players or clubs and we need to be a little more level headed and i've always deferred to vince as uh, an expert in that and sometimes he walks me off the ledge when i think something is going awry and he goes give it time and he's 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 right well, maybe 95% of the time not all the time vince but a lot of times. So I, I I think we need more Vince LaRosa in the soccer content world. So this is the chance to do it. <laughs> That's fair. There's got to be a time or two when you're in the booth and, and you say something and the, maybe Dunny or somebody next to you is like, where did you get that? That's that's garbage. <laughs> exactly. What are you talking about? But uh, yeah, it's out there. So we just want to flesh out ideas and... Don't want to be too critical of people on a on a, a small sample size. So here we go. We'll give it a go. And look, we'll talk about LAFC because we want to. I want to talk to you because I know you watch the league thoroughly. Who we think are going to be there at the end? 
we have to begin with Lionel Messi and uh, Inter Miami because there's a chance that they might be there with this MLS season. And I had an interesting conversation with Brian Dunseth on the broadcast because they have games in hand. It's so weird, as great as they have been playing, winning the League's Cup, now in the final of the U.S. Open Cup, that you look at the MLS standings and they're at the bottom of it, below Toronto FC, who is, all due respect, god-awful. Below the Colorado Rapids, which we saw there in all due respect, god-awful. Inter-Miami have less points than both of them, so they're going to they're gonna be a player, and it's going to be a really compelling storyline in this MLS season. But in the here and now, winning the League's Cup was uh, remarkable in the means they did it, and the euphoria around Messi uh, and Inter-Miami uh, is and the the means of which they're winning. It's we've seen this before because I've had conversations because I I I, w- I will start with you because I know I saw some of your tweets or X's whatever they're called, and we're gonna have this going on. They should just change know, it back is... to Twitter, right? Yeah, because we lose the whatever the singular form of it is. Like I, I'm not I'm not gonna call it X's because that that's a totally different thing. And you and I have plenty of those. Can I can I have tell you a funny <laughs> story? Like I yes. have my tabs open on my computer, and when I open it up. And I see the X up there. I go, oh, my God, did, did I have a couple of whiskeys last night and start doing Internet searches? This is my corporate computer. I can't. Oh, it's X. X, X not just one X. We're good. The widget not, on iPhone does look like a bad dating app, too. You, oh, exactly. You look at that. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, OK. No, it's all good. It's all good. You didn't have uh, some wayward search that took you to something that you didn't mean to get to. But somehow you got there. I don't know how, but so be it. But uh, I, I want to say this because this is the thing that 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 sticks out to me. And maybe it's something we've seen with Messi in his days, certainly with Barcelona, certainly with Argentina, where he turns. He doesn't do much in the games. And now people are noticing it where he he walks around the field, which to me is so terrifying because, you know, he is going to strike. It's like this cobra waiting in the in the weeds, ready to 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 bite you or sting you, whatever they do. And it, 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 we've seen this before, but maybe it's a little more pronounced at MLS because he walks and then he gets in a position and when you need it most, he's there every time. And it's exhilarating. And we've seen these MLS defenses and I, Gary Smith kind of said it ahead of the League's Cup. He goes, we want to do what other MLS teams haven't done. We want to be ourselves. And I go, there you go. You want to be yourselves. That You want to play Inter-Miami the same way you play everyone else. But no one can. And that's a testament to Messi. And we saw it with FC Cincinnati, up two goals. And as good as Inter-Miami was in that comeback, there was defensive uh, positioning and what ball watching that you look at and go, how could you do that specifically in the 97th minute? How do we explain this? I Messi. Right. Like you just explained it through Messi and you make a good point. I mean, he, I, I'm it, the, the walking, the talking about him walking is getting a little tired because like it, it didn't, it's not like it's just occurring here. And it's not like it just occurred in Paris where obviously he was unhappy uh, and things didn't go well. Like he did in Barcelona. There's like a whole documentary based on how Messi learns how to position himself and how it's smarter the way that he walks and figures out times to vary his speed and things like that. And, even it's kind of like the terminator you know like he's walking you run away and you look back and he's right on you and you're like damn it and he keeps going you run and he's walking and anyway yeah and i think the the bigger explanation is like his it, it's his football brain like he understands the, the ebb and flows of games he understands where areas are, are dangerous 
and he's able to be that outlet to his team. And, and then obviously he, he functions, he knows that he functions in a way that will distract other teams. So to your point where teams are saying like, let's just be ourselves. We can't like Messi knows that too. Like he's in your head already. He, he knows like, he's in everyone's head. If I stand here, they're going to think, Oh, it's messy. He's just standing here. He's not doing anything. He don't guard him. Don't mark him. Yeah. Don't mark him. Or maybe he's standing there because he's in your head and he wants you to think you shouldn't mark him. So he, he just has this uh, supreme sense of what he can do. And, And then, you know, the muscle memory, like you said, he can take it and then just go, turn it on right like he's not getting you and i shared texts about this he's not getting um shorted on any of these goals like they are dead in the corners they are darts even the ones on the ground are perfectly placed um so he has that supreme ability to understand the game understand how he affects the game but then also in the moments when he has to be that little bit sharper he's one of the few uh you know talents in the world that can literally just say like that's what i want to do and his brain connects to his foot and it's exactly what happens. It's like uh, what I compare him to is these amazing dart players who throw thousands of darts. So they hit the triple 20, triple 20. They hit like they can hit a couple in a row and then they'll miss one and they'll hit it again. And that's how they are successful. You have to hit that small little patch when uh, it's even it's even more amazing for Messi because he, he may get one chance. He had one chance against Nashville. He had to he had to elude four defenders and he put it in. That is one of the more impressive goals I've seen him score anywhere because the the lack of volume of chances and he knows it he goes i'm going to get one good chance and i'm going to convert it and he's done that in three or four games to separate it i was watching the cincinnati game and aaron bupenza who's a pretty decorated striker they signed he gets one good chance and he puts it into row d e f g in the tql stadium and like that's the difference. You get that one chance, and this guy is a surgeon. But I also think to myself, that is that can't be sustainable. You uh, you need to have more volume of chances, and maybe the maybe it catches up to him. But I've I've just been absolutely floored about how he knows. He goes, I can't I can't run this whole game. Uh, many times when he's not running, defenses go, let him go. We'll we'll, we'll be okay, as we just said. Then he 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 banks on these chances. He it almost he knows he'll get them, and then he will convert it. It's uh it's amazing to watch. And I I I'm just I'm just fleshing this all out, Vince, because a I as someone who works for Major League Soccer, I I feel indebted to him because he has come here and he has changed everything. He has made this league um uh globally sustainable everyone's tuning in people that wouldn't even think about watching a soccer game or tuning in. i saw pat mcafee on his show talking about it and he has lifted our league in such a way and it's going to benefit all the teams and the, all the all the players and the and apple tv and all of that's going to be benefited by what he is able to contribute so i say this with the highest respect but i still scratch my head and i go i, I i'm puzzled by it all and uh, I also want to see the the league be able to 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 not just stand there as he rips through them. And I'm getting the feeling that he might be able to continue this. You know, I I I think by all means, as they'll play it down in Miami, that they're going to win this Open Cup. I don't want to diminish what Houston Dynamo have done, but I, I can't imagine they'll find a way to unlock where the best team in the East and FC Cincinnati or Nashville haven't been able to do, or, or Dallas who had them on the ropes. I mean, even when they have them on the ropes, uh, certainly is in the head, but I mean, where does this, where does this go from here? The, 
what would be great for the league is watching him every week, see if they can dig out of this hole that they've created through him. Part of it would be him having to play all the time. And I'm like, that's not even sustainable either, is it? David Beckham or Zlatan, they didn't come in and play every game. He's playing every minute of every game. Uh, so I, I don't want to, I don't, I would not bet against him in any way. I would imagine he's going to come here and Inter Miami are going to make the postseason. They're going to make a pretty decent run in the playoffs. Yeah, he came here and everyone said, like, they, they can't, they can't make the playoffs, right? Well, now I said the that. conversation is they can't make the playoffs, right? Oh, wait, they can't win two trophies. They might end up this season with more trophies than any other team in MLS because it's, it's not very often that a lot that teams win Just multiple instant trophies. returns. Yeah, like it, it actually was an anomaly that LAFC was able to capture Supporter Shield in MLS Cup. Normally you get one. You get one and you're very happy with it. Uh, Miami might get two and then the chance to, if they do sneak into the playoffs, you're not going to want to bet against Messi uh, in the Eastern Conference. So uh it, it's it's uncanny but I, I i like where your mindset was at with like trying to wrap your head around it uh you and i talk about this because we talk about soccer media often because we're part of it um and we sometimes are critical because we we want to see more and i think if you are and i know maybe they're maybe they're listening maybe not but if you are a person if you are a commentator for apple tv um and you're doing these mls games you have to wrap your brain around messy before you show up to the day like, I know that you want to, for the most part, because I've spoken with you many times about how you do your practice, you want to be in the moment. You don't want to come with uh, pre-prepared lines, especially if you if you got pre-prepared, like just punny, weird lines. But you have to understand Messi because one disservice that I think you do to the public in Messi is just by saying, oh, but that's just Messi. No, the guy okay. has is a known quantity. Let um, me know so why. Yeah, somehow in Europe, they were able to speak about him. Yes, there are going to be times where you go, that's just simply amazing. You just revel in it. But give us something. Um, and and, uh, and and maybe look beyond football. You know, there, there's been transcendent talents in, a, in sports all across the board. And you rarely see people go just shrug and go, that's that guy. Like, give us something. So find a way to, to quantify him in some kind of terms, whether it is the walking. And then take it that next step because – I think that as much as the American public is being treated to this and that's amazing and this will create many fans and I don't think it's always the analysis that creates the fans. Our soccer public has gotten so much smarter that I think they're now to the level that they need to be fed. They want to be fed this. They want the analysis. They want this a little bit more and that will grip them that little bit more. Don't just don't shirk your responsibilities just because Messi has taken over. Um, yeah. It would be my my take on that. There's going to be a moment where you have to be critical of him. And there's never any criticism because with me, with Messi, and I, I adore the guy and I appreciate it so much. He gets all the credit, never gets much of the blame. This is with Argentina. There's no reason to blame him for anything. He's been, per he's been absolutely perfect since arriving here. And I, I, again, the contributions he's made, getting off his whatever vacation and joining this club, coming off the bench and then starting every game since is you can only dream for uh, as a teammate. Uh, but we'll see how that goes along because even the last, this game, he was huge. He with these two assists to Leo Campana, the Nashville game, he, he did score the goal, but if this was a, an effort of, of inner Miami, I guess that's the next point, which surprised me a little bit because it's always about Messi, but I, I think it's really been uh, shown to us what a great teammate he is. Uh, Benjamin Kramashi is now this household name. Drake Callender, these, both of their stocks are rising because they're part of this, but they're also better. 
They are clearly mm-hmm. better. I mean, Kremashi was not a, it was a guy who he's a teenager and didn't really, he was a little bit rudderless uh, as an everyday player trying to find a spot on a team that wasn't winning. And that had to be wearing him down. Obviously he's invigorated with getting results as is Drake calendar, who has been, just stone cold in these two penalty shootouts. But that's the other thing. These penalty shootouts, Messi hits his penalty. Inter-Miami have been close to perfect, and the opponents have been, you know, deer in headlights. The, mm-hmm. You know, Alec Khan uh, and Panico uh, were completely lost. Panico made a save, but I'm like, how? this isn't Messi. This is the Messi effect seeping into this penalty shootout where these goalkeepers aren't, close at all so just being being that good of a teammate and we've seen it in the, the videos where he, he he does all the right things the gestures are there but even uh, being messy on the field and helping these guys figure out where they should be and obviously Sergio Busquets is a huge part in allowing that to be facilitated Jordi Alba as well but that's just this really I've been somewhat surprised how well positional, positionally and within the fabric of the team, how good those guys have been for everyone else. Yeah, you have to wonder what Tata Martino's telling the rest and of the And Tata, team. I don't think we give him enough credit. I mean, because, yeah. by the way, I don't start to jump in there, but the, the stink of the Mexico uh, job is still there for, I think, a lot of people, including me. But I think we have to separate that a little bit. Yeah, well, in terms of Mexico, Tata is not the first and not won't will not be the last no. that has been kind of tainted by that job. That's a tough, tough job. Probably, I mean, I would put the Mexico job as a top three toughest national team job. Just the way that you get berated. Sometimes the town is overrated and you have to, you know, pull back the reins and say, no, we're not that good. And then you get killed for that. So yeah. I, he was I, pretty I, I stubborn at that time. I thought he handled it wrong. But anyway, that's a conversation for another day. But still, he looks free. But he's put in that position, right? Like he has to decide how he's going to handle it. But it, you you wonder, it, it, to your point, I think that Tata probably tells people like Ben Kramashi, hey, you're a talented player, but Messi has simplified things for you. Now this is what you have to do. Instead of you walking into a game as an 18-year-old and thinking, I've got five things on my list I got to accomplish, you got two things. You got to do this and this. And I think that does it across the board. And, and to your point, it's not just Messi. Then you have behind him, you have Busquets. Then behind him, you have uh, Alva, you have Kamal Miller is a very good defender too. So there's some guys that can kind of sort things out. I think Yedlin reads the game pretty well on his day. So I think what it does is it just simplifies things for a lot of guys. And that is the highest form of compliment for Isn't Messi. That, is. that really is. That really yeah. is Vince. Well, they, cause they understand, look, and there's something there's, so we don't talk about it a lot. I talk about it a little bit with LAFC when people, because Carlos Vela is probably the closest thing we have, we had to Messi in this league. Just the style of play, obviously also being left-footed, coming off the right side, being able to do the things. And people would say, oh, Carlos had a horrible game. I say, why? Well, he didn't score. He didn't assist. That's fine. Um, I understand that's the, hey, we're in the business end of your show. That's the business end of soccer. Uh, but there's times where Carlos is just that escape valve for guys. Guys are terrified. There's three, four men on them. I got to get rid of the ball. And if I don't, it's going to be rammed right down our throat. And we're going to be down a goal. And you can pass it to Carlos with a player on his back. He'll hold the ball. He'll get you out of dangerous situation. Messi also does that. So if you're a Kramashi and you go, oh my God, I don't know what to do now. You look over, you see that beautiful Argentine man. You pass it to him. But you don't just pass it to him knowing, hey, now I'm out of trouble. Pass it to him, then run. Then make your next move. Go into space. And guess what? He will find you. I mean, Leo Campana did nothing in that game. 
and comes up with two goals, two great headers. I mean, good on him to have to finish those um, and to find those spaces. But he knows, okay, Messi has the ball. I'll make this run, even though maybe I'm tired, and he'll probably get it to me. I think sometimes we forget about the, you know, when you have 11 players on the field, there's definitely times, and I, 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 if I'm saying this, I, I mean it because I've told people, you know, stop, stop talking about how much guys try, but there's definitely times where like, you're tired. You just can't, you simply can't make a run, but if Messi has the ball, you're doing it. And guess what? Good things happen. So there's a lot of times when guys just don't want to move because they see a different teammate on the ball. They know, Hey, there's no chance that I, if I make this run, he gets it to me. So why would I waste my energy? I'll just stay in position. But with Messi, he, he elevates his team to the point where they go, look, if I'm, if I dart into space, there's a good chance he'll get me the ball. And even if he doesn't, at least he's not going to lose it. He'll probably evade three or four guys, play it off the side, and we'll still be in, and I'll still get in the box, and I'll get my reward. So I think that that's, that's a big part of uh, how Miami has become a better team overnight. We're going to spin it forward to see what he what it's going to look like for Inter-Miami. But I'm going to say this, too. There's going to be games that Messi can't play, I think. I, I mean, there's no way. We always hear about the challenges of MLS. Now they're going to go from Cincinnati. I mean, he looked... He looked faded at that game, but then when they needed him, he clicked, and he was he wasn't going to leave the field. They're going to go to New Jersey. They're going to go to Los Angeles. They're going to go all over the place, and it'll be impossible for him to play these games. I will say, if he misses a game or two, I don't think this is crazy to say. Just because of what he has done already and instilled this in these teammates, I don't think there's going to be a huge drop off. I think these players are going to be like, okay, we're good, even though Messi's not here because of everything that has been instilled in us and we're a team we have a we we are mentally sound now we are locked in so i i will they win seven games in a row probably not but i don't think they're going to go back to the old inter miami even if messi misses a game or two but what comes of this story uh i will resurface later on in september when the open cup final happens it's going to be in miami i am pretty confident that is going to be another triumph for inter but what about the MLS season? You know, the public that's tuning in has no idea in many ways about what how this all works. They don't know what these games are. Uh, we do, but they're going to find out now. Oh, the important one now is the MLS season. So they're they're in the head of the team. And let's look at the East. They're in the head of the team in first place, FC Cincinnati. They went in their place and they came from behind and beat them. The Philadelphia result, the best team in the East, really, I would imagine the, the reigning Eastern Conference champions. They were humiliated by Inter-Miami, who didn't play well and beat them 4-1. They beat Nashville at their place. So these are all teams that they won. I mean, who's left? Is it New England? May <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, if they make the playoffs, I don't see a team that can, if all things are square and Inter-Miami are healthy and play, I don't see a team right now that should be able to beat them. Uh, it'll be difficult for Inter-Miami because, you know, the the laws of the game say you can't, you're not going to win 15 games and just lift a trophy at the end, but maybe we could throw all of that out because it's changed. But how do you, how does this change and how does the MLS landscape change of the teams that can beat them? Because I, I covered LAFC. I, they're the best team in the West, but are they the only team that could probably give some resistance to this Miami story? I don't know. Well, what do we consider resi resistance is actually winning? Cause Nashville definitely gave them a good game. Cincinnati, uh, you know, Cincinnati let them off the hook, but now they're, yeah. yeah. The one thing we haven't talked about is Pat Noon's substitutes in that game, probably the the wrong call. You can't, you can't end a game where there's a possibility of, uh, of extra time and penalties 
without Lucho Acosta and Brandon Vasquez on the field. And, and maybe they couldn't have gone like Lucho when he came off, looked absolutely gassed and he was the best player on the field for that time. Period. Messi looked gassed and they weren't taking him out. Right. Which is, you know, in hindsight, Noonan's probably like, look, even if he's walking around, he's still Lucho. He's not what my next, like, cause the drop off is so, and this is for most MLS teams. It's not really an indictment of Cincinnati. When you take off your, your, your 11, a lot of times the drop off is much bigger than in any other league. When you can bring on a guy that maybe is not quite as good, but it, he can nestle in right underneath the guy. Um, but to your point, yeah, teams were already weary of Messi before he even came. Then they were like, you know, the classic MLS. Well, he's going to probably find it tough here, which he will. He will find times. I mean, I think even though he's finding goals, he's already found it tough. He he can't he can't sustain a certain level um, with the heat and the conditions. I think that's the big thing that people want to brush off because it's the one thing we can all understand. Like if I walk outside, I understand it's hot. Messi understands it's hot. Well, but he's messy, so he can just deal with it. it. It does take a toll on you much more than I think people really understand. And it has on Messi. But now not only has he shown that he can rise to the occasion, but he has, as you said, really ticked off the off his list, the top three teams in the East. So if you are the Red Bulls and you go, ah, okay, well, we got a chance against them. Wait a second. We haven't played no. well. We haven't played well against Cincinnati. I'd be terrified of all the Red Bulls. They, play, yeah. they host them on Saturday. We haven't played well against Philly. So now that's in the back of their head. It's like, okay, not only do they have Messi, but they've, they've proved he's proved it against teams that we haven't been able to prove it against. And to your point, there are going to be games where he doesn't play, but I think it's more so just games. He doesn't start. Like I, I I can't imagine he starts this game in New Jersey against the Red Bull, but he'll be there and he'll be on the bench. And now with his teammates, new confidence, maybe they go out there and they just trounce Red Bull. But what if it's just one, one, what if it's just one, one in the 60th minute? And you're and you're Uh-oh. Red Bull and you're a little tired and you look over and the board comes up and you're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Because as much as he is tired, he could easily put in 20 minutes or, you know, 15, 20 minutes at a time. And we've it, it's shown all he needs is one. Uh, and so don't give up set pieces. Don't let him have the ball. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's something we can't we will just have to wait and see on. But I, I do feel that like teams are already going to be coming in at a disadvantage with their mentality because you. <sighs> I don't, I don't know what you do. I think you, you you do your best to do the Gary Smith and say, we got to play our game because I, I don't think you can come in going, ah, it's messy. We'll kick his ass. We'll, 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 we'll kick him yeah. around the field. We'll do this. No, you won't. And you also can't come in going, well, what are we going to do? It's just messy. If he gets his and we stop everyone else, we'll be okay. No, if he gets his, you're done too. So I, I think you've got to try your best and as impossible as that is. And we don't put as, as much onus on that. Your mental game has to be very strong going into this. And that's gotta be from top to bottom. What, like I, I was actually thinking, what if you're Pat? Like if you're Pat Noonan, right? And you're putting the game plan together. Obviously, you have to say, "Hey, they have Messi." These are kind of things he did. He does. Even Pat Noonan has to be careful with his words, right? Because he doesn't want to terrify his team, but also doesn't want to go too over the top where they go, "Oh, coach, do you not believe in us?" Like everyone has to up their game mentally and the the way that they deal with the game, just by the fact that he is gonna be there. Yeah, I think the coaching is interesting because that you know that filters down to the players. And I thought Gary Smith had a good game plan. He got done in by this magnificent moment for Messi. Otherwise, Nashville wins that game. Uh, Pat Noonan not getting the subs right, uh, not fit, re- finishing that game well with how uh, which which should have should have been put away. He got it wrong. Jim Curtin got it more wrong than anyone. Completely changing the way his team looks for Philadelphia Union, and they got smashed. So this is a managerial thing too. It's not just a 
It's a player thing. These managers have to be better in the way they prepare for this game. And right now they're not doing a good job with it. They're not. And and some would say that maybe there isn't a right way to approach Messi, but I know there is. I know there is. And uh, maybe we'll see it now that he's been here a little bit more. There's some tape, even though there's tons of tape of Messi playing outside of MLS. But as it applies specifically to MLS, I know that is more tangible for these players and coaches to have seen him play here and how to handle him in these situations. Real quickly, I uh, I just want to get your thoughts about who do you think are the team's that can handle them. I'd love to see Philadelphia get another shot. I think they'll do a better job at it. I think LAFC is a team that would be a really good matchup if that's down the road. They'll play on September the 2nd, I believe, and that should be very telling as well, and Messi's expected to play in that. Um, New England's an interesting one, and FC Cincinnati to me is kind of uh, hitting a wall. We'll see where they end up. They probably are going to be the Supporter Shield winner. They have such a big lead. We shall see. But I, I I tend to think it'll be a tough second half for them. But it's a short list. And speaking of short, <laughs> Lionel Messi is always called the diminutive one, uh, el, the pulga and all that. And at the end of the game, when he switched shirts with Lucho Acosta, he was we literally the, eight the same inches reaction. taller than Lucho. I literally I could, thought I like, that too. <laughs> Wait, Lionel Messi short? Because he is... Anyway, that was I, I kind of chuckled at that. But we I know had... Lucho... We had the exact same reaction. I was like, oh, I, I think like, Messi Whoa. was short. Wow, I did not know Acosta was that much shorter. I thought they were the same size. I He's literally a... thought they were, but he was almost like a full head taller than him. Yes. Lucho Acosta uses his height or lack thereof to his advantage, much like Messi does, but it's a different level. Who could be those teams that uh, could uh, turn away this this Messi mania? You know, I, I obviously he has to go through the East anyways, right, to get to the playoffs and then to get through the playoffs to get to MLS Cup. So most of the onus is on the East. But I would say even beyond that, I, this is going to sound like Homer bias, but like I don't think the West is that good. LAFC. No, would, I think the East is better. Yeah, I think the East is better. I, I honestly, I can't. I think LAFC would give Messi trouble. I don't think uh, uh, St. Louis would. N- St. No, Louis would no, be interesting because of the way they play, and maybe it would catch in a in a one off would catch Miami off guard if they are able to put in a ninety minute performance of that just frenetic running where like they have all the energy in the world and they can just eat up every blade of grass i could see it but i don't just don't think they have the quality and even then messi is the type of player that like he can counter punch you so you give you you throw the haymaker and they will and he can just get find a way to get around you so sometimes it's it's your own worst enemy uh seattle i don't think it seattle's not as good as we thought they might be it looks like they've had a major drop off from their aging stars uh RSL is okay, but we saw LAFC just put them to the to the saw to to the blade, um, and then there's really not much else. So I, yeah, I, I think Philly that so Philly, I I don't know what exactly was going on, but that eleven that he put out too, it wasn't just changing the system. That was not their best eleven, and that was a chance. Uh, He's to like, really what are you saving Julian Caranza, Julian Caranza, and all these yeah, other guys? So I, I would like to see them with their best eleven. New England, I think had they not had some of the injuries that they had could, could really give it to him. But I, I don't see that. I, th- I think, and, it's, and the keeper's gone too. So it's the three that they've already beaten, which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> it's Nashville, Cincy and Philly. Well, they all got a little cute when they played in Miami lesson learned. And I think all those are good coaches and they'll, they'll figure that. I think we've spoken to about Messi. Everyone's getting messy, but you got to talk about him because it's this incredible phenomenon. So we're plugging into it here mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to switch over to uh 
the international game and American players abroad. You are a huge city fan. He's wearing his Juventus shirt. Very this nice. Is like, this is like a Juventus like one-off shirt too. That's how deep it goes. I, I buy. They they got me. They, they anytime they put something out, I buy it. Good. That's they they put out good gear. Yeah. It's uh, the city Oz is it's become so much more intriguing, not just because of these American players arriving, but what they did last season, you know, this was a, a punchline of a league in many years. You always waited for them to collapse and they would in the champions league this year, they had two champions league semifinalists. They had inter make the final and, and push Manchester city. Roma made the Europa league final was Fiorentina made the, uh, whatever it's called conference, conference. league final. So, oh, you know, come on. Had- you know, but you know who they made it against. They just got that is the worst name of a tournament possible. Uh, it, it, putting the word conference diminishes it when it's a good tournament. You have good mm-hmm. teams, especially when you get to the quarters and semis. To call it that is is folly. So they shouldn't do that. But the the Serie A now has uh, done a really nice job of finding good talent. I love what they do uh, collectively in Juventus for all their flaws and mismanagements. They look like they're back. You know, they spend more money than others, but, you know, M- Milan has added seven or eight new players there, uh, including Christian Pulisic, who's off to a great start. Inter has been, they've all been savvy. They don't, they are, they know their budgets, they know their constraints, uh, but their scouting is so good. We saw what Napoli does. I cannot even mention them at now by finding players that were available to so many others. And now their, their price tags have gone through the roof and, there's it's not just one or two teams it's four or five teams just i mean before i want to talk about the u.s internationals but while i have your ear about the city out what has stood out about what they have done that have made them so competitive a in europe but it it feels sustainable it feels like there's a good plan they're well managed and there's they're getting good talent at the right price yeah that's the biggest thing syria late very very late to the party in savvy football management like for the longest time they they just coasted off of the fact that in the 90s they bought the most expensive players and all the like everyone that we grew up with played in the Serie A at one time and you'll talk to guys that said like oh I wanted to test myself in the Serie A because it was the best league in the late 90s when I started covering I know it's a long time ago that was the heavy hitters went there but you you had the you had the original Ronaldo. You had you know even beyond that before that you had the Dutch trio. You had Van Basten. You had Hullet. You had Rijkaard. Uh, you have tulips. Your, yeah, you have your ball your Baggios. You have your Del Piero's. Like the best players went there. But so they coasted off that, and they honestly put themselves in bad spots by continuing to think like if we just buy that next big guy, the next uh, you know Messi type it, player. It was Juventus. We'll be back. It was the Milan clubs. Remember, Parma was that club that was spending money. I mean, you know, Parma's nowhere to be found, but there was like seven or eight clubs that were just dropping coin. They were. And I think so getting smarter in that and, and Lazio. in a lot of ways, Lazio, in a lot of ways, Milan is leading that charge. And the Milan, Milan team got a lot younger. Um, they got a lot more savvy in their recruitment. They're using more data. Um, and so by getting these younger players, they're they're getting ahead. I think they still need to put more stock in young Italian players. Um, that will be the next go for Syria. And uh, culturally, you have to understand most serial managers are are not the type to play kids. They just simply will not. They don't care how talented they are. They just don't trust them. It's just it's just the way of the world in Italy. Uh, but there more of them are growing to, and I think uh, some of it trickles down from the top. Roberto Mancini, they win the Euros. He's playing a younger brand, a more exciting brand of football. And I think they started to see, okay, we can do it too. But I think another big thing is 
you know, you don't hear, you hear this a lot about when, when uh, pundits talk about Man City. They go, well, how can Man City be ready for uh, Champions League games when they're playing teams that they just absolutely demolish in the Premier League? You don't hear that in Serie A because of the tactics. And I think a lot, I, I don't have any numbers at my disposal, but I would guess that there's more times in which a team much lower in the standings either gets a result or beats a higher team than in almost any other league in the world. And I think that competitiveness from top to bottom is what allows them to be more competitive when they do make the step up. Whereas City is wondering, who's going to challenge us until we play against a Bayern or we play against an Inter in the final? And then they're found wanting for a little bit. Yes, they figured it out because they have supreme talent. And they have an amazing coach. But these Serie A teams can give it to them because they know from the start it's going to be a battle. There's going to be a, a tactical aspect to it. We're going to have to put a little bit more into this, and they're ready from the get-go. So it's it's a I would say it's an exciting lead, league. You won't know all the names, and yes, there will be one-one games and there will be tactical games. But watch <laughs> it, sharpen like sharpen your eye because honestly, if you're watching City run through teams every week with eighty percent possession, that is not football in most of the world. That is at the very pinnacle of football. So watch the rest of it. it. It will sharpen you. And I think you'll learn more by watching a league in which the competitive balance is a lot more balanced. What do you think about these Americans? And, and Juventus have a couple. I watched the game. Uh, Weston McKinney started on the bench, but Tim Weah started. And then Weston McKinney was coming in and mm -hmm. he replaced Tim Weah. But I, I, I think they're both going to factor into this. Yunus Musa was suspended for AC Milan. He'll come in. They're playing Torino on Saturday. And Christian Pulisic now all, um, selling shirts, but doing more than that. And I feel confident the way we'll start with Milan. I'll get your thoughts. You, you can piggyback that with Juventus because sure. that's four American players. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the the league to watch for Americans. And uh, I, I saw the funniest tweet of a Leeds account, and it was that that little gif where it's the English fans watching the world cup on a screen and they replace the screen with whatever. And they all celebrate. They're throwing their beers and it's him going th th my reaction to not having to deal with the USA fan base for Leeds. It was like a Leeds fan. I go, it must, it must be a relief for that. That have not to deal with the lunacy and the absurdity, absurdity of the U S soccer fan base on Twitter talking about us. And I'm guilty of it too. But that's kind of shifted to the Serie A. And I think the Serie A is welcoming it because they they could use the rub. They could use the rub of the extra eyeballs coming in there. But it is uh, – so far it feels like a good fit. And in addition to the lead situation, which was badly handled – and by the way, Jesse Marsh, I don't know when he's going to resurface. It's really, it's really odd. But clearly that wasn't the right fit. Uh, the Christian Pulisic Chelsea, uh, in hindsight, it looks like Chelsea – uh, did 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 things the wrong way, and I'll never forget when they signed him as a record transfer at sixty five million. And the opening game in two thousand nineteen, they were at Old Trafford, and he started on the bench. And I go, okay, maybe he's not training well, but what a horrible way to start this guy. Going, wait a minute, I thought I was the record transfer. Why am I not in there? And then he played for thirty minutes, and they never really got off the ground. It did in its moments, and had that incredible run of the Champions League. But, you know, they didn't do him any favors. Uh, he, It looks like he's a different player. I know it's one game and we'll see it. But I I think he has a manager that supports him in Pioli. He, I think he has a situation where they're putting him in a better position that is comfortable for him. And we saw that within a goal and assist. Small sample size. But how do you think this Pulisic uh, Milan adventure will go? It goes back to what I said in the opening to this is 
I think Milan is ahead of the curve in a lot of ways in the way they recruit and the way they use data. Is it so, crazy to say that be as bad as Milan has been in the last few years where you're like rubbing your head? Going, What's going on? This is one of the, the giants of the game. Right. They, I mean, they were on the verge of, of bankruptcy. They've had to change hands because the ownership didn't pay the, pay up the interest on the bond and things like that. Yet on the football side, they're run, they're run very well. And I think if you're Christian and I think Christian is, is a, a little bit of a confidence player, right? Because we see it with the national team. When he has the full confidence of his manager um, and his teammates, he goes out there and he balls out. And I think a lot of that has to do with, one, his injury history, right? Like, that that really is what derailed him at Chelsea. Like, I can't, I can't totally, to your point, sometimes they mismanaged him. But also, the, if you can't count on a guy because every four games he's picking up another little injury and, and spends some time out, it's hard. And you need a run of games and you need that kind of form. But if you're Christian... And you look and you go, Milan, big club, great. That's checks checks a box. But on top of it, they didn't just reach out because they're they're a type of club saying, okay, you're American, we want the American eyes. No, they're saying you tick a box from all of our recruitment aspects. Our manager wants you. Our dad has looked at you. Our team, you know, our our team management has looked at you. And so, for him, he's going, okay, as long as I can stay healthy, they're giving me all the things that I need. And they're also building a good team around me. I think Yunus Musa is an amazing signing for them, especially because they're missing Ishmael Benassur, who is a player I really like. He's, he's out with a, a, a longish term injury. I probably won't see him towards closer to the, to the new year, but he's going to have every chance to thrive uh, in that team. And it's a team that lost Sandro Tonali. So they need midfield depth. Um, and, these and guys are going to the game. Uh, the the game against Bologna, you could see that's where they were getting attacked. The midfield with Musa is going to help, but uh, that was where the, they were getting a little bit soft and being exposed in the second half. Musa is going to help, and the tactics that Pioli uses, he he expects his his uh, midfielders to do a lot of work, to really carry a lot of water, and then get the guys like Leal and Pulisic out running, and then they can feed Giroud. So he's gonna he's gonna it's gonna be challenging. But I think for these guys, they want to accept that challenge. They don't want to just come in and go like, let's see what you can do. You're an American. Yeah, you're kind of a biggish name. No, they they want to know what their role is. And I think what Milan has set up for them is they're going to know exactly what's expected of them. And that's really going to help them going forward. The Juventus side is a little bit different. I think Tim Weah is going to reap the benefits of being the new kid. Um, and, but McKinney, uh, they're still not totally sold on. And I, I no. can't. I feel bad for him because it's got to be horrible to play well. He's been every time he, he played well in the preseason, but every time he plays well, it's like only a means to an end. Hey, Wes, you played well. Thank you. Now your value is up. Who is interested in Wes this week? Um, but you got to get, you got your heart goes out to Wes because he's also, he comes in that game. He replaces uh, Tim way at, at right wing back. Like if you're West, that's not where you want to be playing. Like you're good at crashing the box. You're that late runner in. Um, that's where he scored a lot of goals and actually endeared himself to the Juventus faithful for a little bit. Uh, and then some things went sideways. But Wea, I think Wea is just an exciting talent. Like in this, yeah, he's new- getting better. He's hitting every one of his marks as a young player, getting finding it and getting more complete. It's been really, it's been thrilling to watch on the national team level and at the club level. With wingbacks making somewhat of a renaissance, like Tim Way is a a very exciting player because he can defend his position, but you know he's going to get forward. He has the motor. uh, He has the pace. He has the dribbling ability, and he can can find a goal. Would I love to see him as a winger in a system, in like a front three? Yes, but maybe he doesn't have – maybe he is more industrious, and this is the best position for him. Yes, when he plays with the men's national team, he's probably not going to play wingback. He's going to be a winger. It works. They're more physical style. But once you get into – 
you know, Juventus's level and you get into the Champions League, which unfortunately Juventus will not be in this year, but maybe that's the best for Tim Way. He'll have a chance to really settle in and get trainings and and get acclimated with his places. But it, it's it's an interesting position. I think uh, another, that's another thing I would point out, like Serie A has weird like positional roles and they have different setups and everyone plays their certain way. So watch Serie A to see guys play in a way you maybe aren't used to. That's not your standard 4-4-2 or even now 4-3-3 had come in. It's it's going to be wingbacks at times. It's going to be 5-3-2s and 5-2-3s. Like you're going to learn a lot. You're going to just get a lot more cultured and a lot more different ways to play the game. Yeah, the cradle of great managers too, uh, at the highest level from Carlo Ancelotti, to Ranieri and now you know guy Robert De Zerbi who's doing great at Brighton who I, I I by the way I think Brighton I think that's a Champions League team even without maybe not I shouldn't say that but I I I just get the feeling they're going to fill their coffers and they're going to be there they're going to it's going to be an interesting story but uh for so many reasons I think you you certainly nailed it there about the Serie A I'm excited to see it and a lot of Americans will be tuning in and the Serie A will benefit from it because this is a, a burgeoning market. This is a market that you want to be plugged into. And by having these young American players, we saw what it did to the Premier League, even though it was frustrating, uh, that'll kind of pivot to. It's a small thing. It's not this. It's not an overwhelming. It's not going to be as overwhelming audience, I know, but it'll certainly help them here in the U.S. And we'll see how it turns out in the global scale. But they're doing fine. They're doing fine. And for a league that I grew up admiring so much and was devastated with Calciopoli and whatever you pronounce it, all the scandals and the corruption, it feels like it's in the best position it's been in a while. Uh, before I go, September, or we go, Vince, I mean, it's almost been an hour we've been on here. It's typical how it flies by when you're having a nice footy conversation. And I don't have better footy conversations than with Vince LaRosa. USA, September 9th, they'll take on Uzbekistan and St. Louis. Then in Minnesota, they'll take on Oman. It wasn't the uh, matchups they wanted. They'll have better games in October and maybe – They'll get a better roster in October. So I'm, I'm, they're going to have a big, I, I think they said a 50 man preliminary roster coming out for this, which won't really give us a map as to what's going on. But it'd be the return of Greg Berhalter after the summer. So a lot of prepare for that too. It's already happening. You know, the Greg Berhalter um, campaign to smear him or whatever is coming out. And whether that's accurate or not, I don't know. I want to give him a shot. He came back. There's good enough reasons for him to be back. The players spoke on his behalf almost to a man, with the exception, I think, of Gio Reyna and Ricardo Pepe. But I don't think you stop this national team on the behalf of Gio Reyna, who we don't even know what's going on. He's not healthy. And that's, I mean, he's got a worse injury record now than Christian Pulisic, if you can imagine. But that's something to take into consideration as a young player. He has to work on these things. Uh, Ricardo Pepe is part of these three Americans at PSV, which is exciting. We'll see how they, uh, they're part of that core. We have a distinct core. You know, the, the, the selection of that team, could, I think is going to be different than the October one. We'll see. But uh, this is a chance for Greg Paul to see a lot of players. I know it's going to unhinge some people with the selections. Although I, I get the feeling, I think we're all going to be aligned with the core group. You know, the, the old discussion, I, it doesn't matter if they play in MLS, if the best players at MLS, generally they're not going to be in major league soccer because they're going to make that move for Europe because the player wants it. And that's probably where the, you know, the prestige and the money is in many ways, uh, not all the time, but it, it shouldn't come down to that, but it is going to come down to that. But I think the, the coffers in Europe are filled enough where you'll see that core group moving forward. Um, some of the older MLS players that, 
grind people when they're in there. I think they've run their race, and I appreciate what they've done, whether it's Christian Roldan or Jordan Morris. They helped fill a, a gap in a very precarious time for U.S. soccer when we missed the World Cup and we we had to kind of scramble. But in that time, they've developed a new young group of players. I mean, how excited are you for a the the next stage, the most important stage for American soccer? Technically, it began this summer. It moves on. Falar and Balogun, who, by the way, doesn't really have a club right now. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with that. We don't just I don't think you just pop him in as a number nine until he starts playing. There's a lot of loose ends, but it feels pretty. It feels promising. Uh, I don't want to get I don't want to get caught into a debate whether Greg Berhalter should be there or not. He's there. And mm-hmm. I thought he did a good job at the World Cup. So I'm ready to see what he could do. It could fall apart. But I'm not going to sit here and, and and chisel it away at it until we get a better look, at least to 2024 when the Copa America awaits. But this is an exciting stretch. Where do you see the the player base and what lies ahead for U.S. soccer? What are the concerns in your eyes? Yeah, you don't want to get into a, a Greg Berhalter debate. You also don't want to get into the U.S. national team it, fan spin cycle, right? Yeah, it's, it's happening again. And I honestly want to plug out of it because it is counterintuitive. It's just, it's just stupid. There's usually never a lot of time in football terms because you need to win now. But if there is anywhere where there is time, it's in the national team and coming off a World Cup where then you're going to host World Cup. There's a lot of things we can learn about this team. But I think the most exciting thing is exactly what you said. The core is there. Like we're really trying to find around the edges. And one of the things that the fan base has always said, and I agree with them, is is for the longest time, the U.S. has not been very good at talent identification and then nurturing it. And so I think that as much as it sounds silly that there's going to be a 50-man roster, I mean, 50. Imagine going anywhere else in the world and going, could you put a 50-man national team roster together? The coach would go, no, no. He's like, wait, I'm out. I'm resigning. I don't I do not right. want to go through that I don't, process. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, I think it's a fi- it's fine. It's totally fine because to to that point is we're just trying to get better around the edges. I think there really is that core team there, and they're going to be coming into an age – profile of where they're going to be at their very best so can you find some slightly younger talent that might surprise you to supplement them and some veterans to supplement them that's where that 50-man roster comes in and to the point of the people that are going to be up against Greg Berhalter well I I mean I I guess I'm saying give him a chance I'm not saying this directly but here's the thing there is time and he's going to get tested in that Copa America there will be plenty of time that if that absolutely goes sideways you can make changes and know that you have the core in place which even if you get rid of him, you have to give him credit for putting that core in place. Whatever manager comes in, if Greg does not coach in the World Cup, Greg's fingerprints will be all over that team because those guys, that core is not going away. But like, give him a chance to kind of play around the edges. Give him a chance to experiment. Let him go into the, those major games in, in Copa America and see what he does. If he performs well, then I would have full confidence in him to go into a, another World Cup cycle, which he did do well and this last world cup cycle to get them out of the group after they did not qualify uh, and let's see what he can do. But I, I think I just say there's time. And on top of it, the worst thing I guess would be to have time and have too much to do. There's time and there's not actually a lot to do, to be honest. It really is to get better around the edges and just like you said, keep, get the guys like geo back on board and get them healthy. Uh, make sure Christian is, is healthy. Make sure Balogun has a good landing spot. Just make sure these guys are playing and they're in the form and to be ready to go because they they really are the core. I don't think there's not going to be a revolution. There's no revolution needed in this team. By the way, I believe there's a, 
an agreement now for Fuller and Balogun and Monaco. So that'll be good because he'll get minutes. And he did so well in Liga, and so he's back there. I think people expected it to to look a little different. I mean, there was Chelsea. I don't know. I would have loved if, to see him at Inter Milan. I think they really need. I him, think that they, was that was the one. I mean, seeing they, like yeah. everyone's going to be doing so well, and just another reason to turn into the city. Yeah. They went they went for Arnautovic, so I think that that's that's done. So man, Arnautovic is a nice move. I mean, he was crushing at Bologna so uh, last season. So I like that. But, but what we'll a see. We- but what a weirdo. Like, he's, he's a strange a weird cat. cat. Yeah, He's a strange cat. By the way, that roster released, I believe, August 31st. We'll see what it looks like. But let's go and, and, and approach it. Vince, it's been great to chat with you, man. As always, uh, you, you, get the, you get my mind working as well. And I appreciate that because, you know, in my, in my older days, sometimes it takes a little while to ramp it up. But uh, thanks for uh, getting me there. Yeah, man. We span the globe. We and span it, uh, the globe. We can keep going. I just yeah. don't think there's enough time in the day. I don't think people want to listen to three hours free form, but I wanted to get into, I wanted to get into some Copa Libertadores. My, my Racing doing so well, getting a nice draw on the first leg against Boca. Uh, they're down to the quarterfinals. It's just so much good football going on all the leagues. So it's, it's endless. It's impossible sport to cover, by the way. Effectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not I mean, a one no. or two person job. The fact that we went for an hour and we only, we really only scratched the surface. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's very true. A lot to cover. Vince LaRosa out of the business. And when I return, a quick thought on stoppage time about the crazy story about the Spanish women who won the World Cup and everything around it. Uh, it's uh, it, You're going to give even more credit to them for winning the World Cup because it was odd. The soccer OG rolls on. I want to do a recap of the Women's World Cup. I don't have the time right now, but I want to focus in on the team that won it, Spain. Congratulations to the women's national team for lifting their first ever World Cup. I picked Spain to win it, but I didn't really think they were going to pull it off because this should never have happened. This should have never happened. We'll go into a few details as to why this is one of the more remarkable sports stories you will find. First of all, let's go in chronological order. There was a mutiny with this Spanish national team. And uh, their coach, Jorge Vilda, uh, may rub some people the wrong way. A lot of women that should have been on that roster weren't. At that point, you have to be, you have to be crazy to pick Spain. You figure they're going to make out the numbers and they're going to run their course. You know, Aitana Bonmati, their best player, was injured and she wasn't ready to go. You know, unhappiness in the camp. Some people were in Vilda's corner, some were not. It, you know, that is even more damaging than a mutiny itself because you have this, these team that aren't on the same page. You're like, there's no way they're going to win it. They're going to go three and out. It, it just, dysfunction abounding. So this team moves in, then goes into the World Cup and loses to Japan for Seto. Let me tell you something. I've been watching World Cups since... 1986 and one thing that doesn't happen whether it's the men the women the under 20s the under 17s the under eights you don't lose a game for zero and then come back to win a world cup you might lose a game but you don't lose a game like that where you just get undressed and uh embarrassed yet that was the spain's final group game and then they came back and ripped through four wins against european Heavy hitters, the Swiss, Swedes, the Dutch, and then England to lift their first ever World Cup. They've never even been in a final. This is uncharted waters for a burgeoning soccer 
nation on the women's side, obviously, but you know that are under the umbrella of the one of the biggest and best federations on the planet, and that's what's going to benefit European teams moving forward. And I, it's going to separate. It's going to make it things difficult for the U.S. Now that the technical level and the coaching level is good, that's why I don't think the U.S. is going to win a World Cup any soon. We saw it in living colors with Spain. And this was a dysfunctional Spain, who, by the way, are going to repeat as World Cup champions. Lock it in. Place your bets. Because it couldn't get any worse than it did at this World Cup. And they won it. They had a mutiny. Even the players on that roster didn't see eye-to-eye with the coach. They wanted him out during the World Cup. Then there was... You know, again, the Hatfields and the McCoys, or whatever you want to call them on this Spanish team that didn't see eye to eye. Then they had the Japan result, and they pushed through. And Jorge Vilda, as we speak, you know, is there is pressure on him to leave his post. Whether he should or not, I don't know. Now, we got to talk about some of the unpleasantries we saw. And there is a guy, Luis Rubiales, who's the head of the Royal Spanish Football Federation, who's got to go. By the way, these presidents of football federations, I don't know why they have these 9, 10, 15 lives. It shouldn't be that way. They're almost untouchable. I mean, if what we'll get to him, but if a prime minister of a country did what he did, he would be forced to resign. Yet these football federation guys managed to stick around. Now, with, with the situation with Bilda, there was this... During that final, he's pushing back three of his staffers. One's a woman. His hand comes up close to where her breast would be. He's not looking at her. But that video's gone out there, and they want him fired because of sexual harassment. Now, if that guy had the stones to sexually harass one of his staffers during a World Cup final and do it intentionally, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So... I, I, he, I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm pretty sure he didn't. So I'm looking at that. You can look at the footage. And it was during the celebration. I, it, I, can't, I can't move myself to say that he did that intentionally because it would be madness. And I'm not saying he's a lunatic, but I, maybe he can't. I mean, based on what he's done in the past. But this is hovering around. And they want him to resign for that. Now we get to Rubiales, who during the final was celebrating and he was in the stands, grabbing his crotch, yelling, inappropriate at every level. Is that a fireable offense? No, but do you want your federation president doing that? Absolutely not. So uh, you need to have a stern talking with them. Now, at the podium, you all saw it. He was there celebrating with the players, uh, embracing them in, in, in many inappropriate ways. And then Jennifer Hermosa came up there and he grabbed her and gave a kiss on the mouth. So, during the medal ceremony, when you all saw it at the time, you're like, oh boy. And in this, with the women's game, you've got to tread so lightly because they've gone through hell and high water uh, with coach, uh, coaches uh, behaving badly, uh, inappropriate behavior, sexual advances, and, and it's burdened the women's game, and we've got to get away from that. So, where there's any smoke... We get rid of it. I know I'm making an exception for Vilda because I just don't think he would be that lunatic. He'd be that crazy to do that. But Rubiales did it for all to see. And we have to eradicate that from the women's game so the women can play and not have to worry about this crap. Not have to worry about um, uh, decorum and stuff and just worry about playing games. It shouldn't be in their court. You, You shouldn't have these men making it more difficult. So Rubiales has to go. Now, 
after that happened, the prime minister said it was an unacceptable gesture. He's got to go. Then there was this report or this uh, this clip where it said that they're all good. Hermosa said, "Well, I we're we're good. We uh, we have a relationship. It was fine. I mean, it, we'll 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 overcome this." So he said, "Okay, all is well." Then we find out that that was a fabricated quote. And that, in fact, Hermosa is going to try and come after Rubiales, which she should. But can you imagine this poor woman in the middle of winning the World Cup? She has to go through this process and deal with it. So they're in you know, celebration mode. And Rubiales said they're all going to go to Ibiza. They're going to have a big party. And who knows what goes on and, um, and what's going on in his head. Uh, but it shouldn't be this way. This guy's complicated, but at the end of the day, and I know I can get into more details. This podcast has gone so long. I wanted to share this with you because it's really stunning. Because this, we shouldn't be talking about Spain winning the World Cup with this dysfunction. Hopefully it gets better. Uh, the 2027 World Cup, we don't know where it's going to be, but I can tell you this, Spain will be the favorites. Hopefully Rubiales won't be there. Maybe Vilda will not be there. I, I think he stays by the basis, but he's going to have to really answer and come to Jesus and some of these things uh, and, and improve these relationships with these players. I mean, I'm sure he, the arrogance is through the roof because he just won a World Cup. And that's what coaches are. You win a World Cup, you are the bee's knees. But again, this is something that never should have happened. They should have never won the World Cup. They shouldn't have made the final with all of this Dark clouds lowering upon their houses. They were able to do it. And I have all the respect for these women. I guess that's what I want to say at the end of it. So much respect for the Spanish women to overcome all of this and lift the trophy. That's badass. Soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. We'll be back again next week. Always enjoy spending some time with you. Until we speak again, Placido Domingo.